Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled In Living Stone, A Chosen People, Part 3. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Welcome to our summer series titled, What We Need to Know or Reaffirm. Our summer series is sourced in First and Second Peter. Last week, in our episode titled, A Living Stone, A Chosen People, Part 2, August 15th, we examined 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Verse 6 read, For it says in Scripture, Look, I lay in Zion a stone, a chosen and priceless cornerstone, and whoever believes in him will never be put to shame. We found this was originally said by Isaiah, of whom Peter was quoting. We found interesting insight by examining Isaiah who first made this statement. That was where we found this phrase at the end of Isaiah's statement. It read, He who believes shall not hurry. In further examination, we found also, He who believes shall not panic. We found that either way you say this, it meant one is not impatient in the most strongest sense of expression. We noted further that it means shall not be moved when trouble comes. We will continue by starting in verse 7 of chapter 2 in the book of 1 Peter. Our passage reads, So you who believe see his value. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become a cornerstone, and a stumbling stone, and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own so that you may proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once were not a people, but now you are God's people. You were shown no mercy, but now you have received mercy. 1 Peter 2, verses 7-10 Verse 7 in Green's literal translation reads, Then to you who believe belongs the preciousness, but to disobeying ones, he is the stone which those building rejected. This one became the head of the corner. Let us look at the first statement found in both translations. In the New English Translation Free Version, it read, So you who believe see his value. Then, in Green's literal translation, we also read, Then to you who believe belongs the preciousness. Immediately, we can assume that there is value in the preciousness of Christ. Indeed, 
that is a correct assumption from reading both these Bible texts together. Let us further examine this. Unto you, therefore, which believe. Christians are often called simply believers, because faith in the Savior is one of the prominent characteristics by which they are distinguished from their fellow men. It sufficiently describes any man to say that he is a believer in the Lord Jesus. From Barnes New Testament Notes Today, this can be problematic to say the least. Many unsaved but well-meaning people come into a body of believers and simply say they are also a believer. They say and act much like any other real believer when in fact they are not since in what they are saying and how they are acting. Unfortunately, today, we need more than that simple statement to be fully assured that another is in fact saved by the blood of Christ. Many unsaved people in a body of true believers are like wolves in sheep's clothing. Scripture tells us that. So, today, we need to be more aware of those in our midst. Not that we do not want unbelievers in our places of worship, but we need to be careful when allowing them to teach at any level as well as any other issue that could put the believing body at risk. Such unsaved people need the salvation of Christ. This is why, in part, our churches exist. Otherwise, Corrupt teaching from an unsaved teacher is a great possibility. We know this is true by what we read elsewhere in our Bible of choice. On the rest of that first phrase or sentence, it says clearly, He is precious. That is, according to the margin, it is an honor to believe on Him and should be so regarded. This is true but it is very doubtful whether this is the idea of Peter. The Greek is literally esteem, honor, respect, reverence, then value or price. The noun is probably used in the place of the adjective, in the sense of honorable, valued, precious, and it is not incorrectly rendered in the text. He is precious. The connection demands this interpretation. The apostle was not showing that it was an honor to believe on Christ, but was stating the estimate which was put on him by those who believe, as contrasted with the view taken of him by the world. The truth which is taught is that while the Lord Jesus is rejected by the great mass of men, he is regarded by all Christians as of inestimable value. From Barnes New Testament Notes Notice the first thing this commentary passage opened with and the comment that followed it. First, to point out the first point, we will reread this portion of commentary. He is precious, that is, according to the margin, it is an honor to believe on him and should be so regarded. This is true, but it is very doubtful whether this is the idea of Peter. 
The Greek is literally esteem, honor, respect, reverence, then value or price. The noun is probably used in the place of the adjective in the sense of honorable, valued, precious, and it is not incorrectly rendered in the text, he is precious. While the fact is true that Christ is precious and this fact should not be ignored, it is not the main force of what Peter is saying here. Now, point two. Notice how Barnes states, the connection demands this interpretation. Then, Barnes further stated, the apostle was not showing that it was an honor to believe on Christ, but was stating the estimate which was put on him by those who believe as contrasted with the view taken of him by the world. The truth which is taught is that while the Lord Jesus is rejected by the great mass of men, he is regarded by all Christians as of inestimable value. Notice what Barnes clearly said. The apostle was not intending to show that it was an honor to believe on Christ despite the truth that it is an honor regardless. He was more correctly stating the estimate which was put on him, meaning Christ, by those who believe, as contrasted with the view taken of him by the world. Clearly, Peter's intent was to show this contrast and to further demonstrate the truth which is still taught that while the Lord Jesus is rejected by the mass of men, he is regarded by all Christians as of inestimable value. So, even though this all fits together excellently, the intent of Peter was to show Christ is regarded by all Christians, even today, of inestimable value. Simply stated, Christ is regarded by all Christians as being priceless. Either way you write or say it, it means the same thing to us. Just what price can you put on your salvation in Christ and by his death on the cross, providing eternal forgiveness for you if you will simply believe? But unto them which be disobedient, literally, unwilling to be persuaded, that is, those who refuse to believe, who are obstinate or stubbornly perverse, rebellious, willfully disobedient. This meaning is that to them he has made a stone against which they impinge and ruin themselves, the stone which the builders disallowed, which they rejected or refused to make a cornerstone. The allusion here is, by the word, quote, builders, end quote, is primarily to the Jews, represented as raising a temple of salvation, or building with reference to eternal life. They refused to lay this stone, which God had appointed, as the foundation of their hopes, but preferred 
some other foundation. From Barnes New Testament Notes Notice how commentary further defines those who are disobedient. Literally, such people then or today are unwilling to be persuaded because they refuse to believe in Christ as their Savior. Many of them are, often, stubbornly perverse, rebellious, and or willfully disobedient. We have already read that Christ is the cornerstone of the temple. Yet, to others who are unwilling to receive him as Savior of their life, Christ, this same cornerstone, is a stone against which they impinge and ruin themselves. It should be an interesting fact that Christ is either a great cornerstone in a great building of believers or a stumbling stone to everyone else. Why is Christ, the great cornerstone, a stumbling stone to unbelievers? How does that work? Most of what makes a cornerstone in a building is unseen. Yet, a stumbling stone has to be in the path you walk, a physical size of significantly being a smaller stone, since it can go unnoticed by the one who stumbles over it. This confusion can be caused by the reader not seeing the simile being referenced here in 1 Peter. Christ is not either or, he is both. If you are a born-again Christian in Christ, he is your cornerstone and foundation that makes you a part of the building he is building. However, if you do not know Christ, he is your stumbling stone. As a result, many things in this life do not work well for someone since one stumbles over Christ, since he is their stumbling stone. The same is made the head of the corner. That is, though it is rejected by the mass of men, yet God has in fact made it the cornerstone on which the whole spiritual temple rests from Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. However, men may regard it. There is, in fact, no other hope of heaven than that which is founded on the Lord Jesus. If men are not saved by him, he becomes to them a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. From Barnes New Testament Notes Please note, our significantly old commentary publishing refer to mankind, men and women, as either man or men, depending on the usage required by the context either word is found in. So remember, this is a time issue and not anything else. Moving on. Notice how Barnes explains this seeming disconnect and or disassociation of either a cornerstone or stumbling stone. It seems as if Peter is speaking of two completely different issues. Peter is, and is not doing exactly that, while the subject is the same. It is in this fashion. Peter is speaking of Christ as a cornerstone and a stumbling stone. Now, 
Notice the verses that were referenced in commentary. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, that has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among people by which we must be saved. This one is the stone, counted worthless by you, the builders, which has become to the head of the corner. And there is salvation in no other one, for neither is there any other name under heaven having been given among men by which we must be saved. From Green's Literal Translation Let us dig a bit deeper here before we end to see what greater understanding we can gain. The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. Psalms 118 verse 22 referenced by Green's literal translation. To none is this text so applicable as to the Lord Jesus himself. He is the living stone, the tried stone, elect, precious, which God himself appointed from old. The Jewish builders, scribe, priest, Pharisee, and Herodian rejected him with disdain. They could see no excellence in him that they should build upon him. He could not be made to fit in with their ideal of a national church. He was a stone of another quarry from themselves, and not after their mind nor according to their taste. Therefore, they cast him away and poured contempt upon him. Even as Peter said, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. They reckoned him to be as nothing, though he is Lord of all. In raising him from the dead, the Lord God exalted him to be the head of his church, the very pinnacle of her glory and beauty. Since then, he has become the confidence of the Gentiles, even of them that are afar off upon the sea. And thus, he has joined the two walls of Jew and Gentile into one stately temple and is seen to be the building cornerstone, making both one. This is a delightful subject for contemplation. From C. H. Spurgeon's Treasury of David. Notice what C. H. Spurgeon said in this commentary passage. Peter said, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, meaning, they reckoned him to be nothing, though he is Lord of all. Can you see the connection to our modern day here? Now, Notice this final comment by C. H. Spurgeon. He, meaning Christ, has joined the two walls of Jew and Gentile into one stately temple and is seen to be the binding cornerstone, making both one. Can you see how complete this simile of referring of God's people, both Jew and Gentile, 
as both one body of people is? I hope you can. For clarity, a Gentile is anyone else outside the Jewish faith of many different beliefs. Thanks to Christ, if a Jew believes in him, if a Gentile also believes in him, then we are all one in Christ. Imagine this supposed temple, the four walls made of both Jew and Gentile. Christ is both the foundation and presumed roof, making both Jew and Gentile to be found in his security if they are saved of him, covered by his blood. With these last two verses, I will close. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to keep away from fleshly desires that do battle against the soul and maintain good conduct among the non-Christians so that though they now malign you as wrongdoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God when he appears. Next week, our episode is titled, Submission to Authorities. Play or download next week's episode from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you would want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our website is located at this address, unchurched.site123.org. 
dot M E. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.